Welcome to the Factory Youth Podcast. This is a weekly teaching podcast from the Factory Youth at Calvary Chapel, Vera Beach. We are going through the book of James, which was authored by, written by, the half-brother of Jesus. Uh, It was written by James, who was Mary and Joseph's uh, son. Okay, so as you know, in the story of Jesus, uh, Mary was a virgin. It was a virgin birth. And so Mary is his mother. However, Joseph is not his biological father. And James is the son of both Mary and Joseph. And we're reading this letter that is written to a church. In, you guys good up there? Thank you. You like tap dance contests. You can wait until after I'm done. Um, so. We, uh, we're, we're going through this book written by James uh, to a church uh, that, that met in Jerusalem, but they are scattered abroad due to intense persecution. And we are looking at James, uh, the book, which has kind of been coined as the Proverbs of the New Testament, the Proverbs of the New Testament, because you can read little one-liners that are very interesting that uh, also have a lot of depth and weight to them, such as count it all joy when you fall into various trials, or in chapter 2 when we looked at faith without works is dead, or uh, as we looked at last week about taming the tongue, and James says, don't you know that a ship is steered by a small rudder? And you're like, I have no idea what that means. It must be a proverb. So now we are looking at James chapter 4, and uh, we're going we're gonna to do quite a bit of reading. Is that okay? Is it okay that I read a lot of scripture? Okay. James 4, starting in verse 1, it says this. What is causing the quarrels, everyone say quarrels, and fights among you? Don't they come from evil desires at war within you? You want what you do not have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, But you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from that. Yet you do not have what you want because you do not ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you... Make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think that the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously, as the scriptures say. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So then, humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. Let's pray, and hopefully we'll know what that means by the end of it. Lord God, I thank you so much for this evening. Lord, I thank you for your presence that has filled this room. 
Lord, we have invited you here to be with us more than you already are. Lord, we understand that you are with us at all times, Lord, but we ask that you fill this place in a special and thick way, Lord. I pray that we will be able to hear you and see you and be with you in this time. Lord, speak to us into our mind as we seek to understand you and in our heart as we seek to live and follow after you. Lord, I pray that you bless us Use this time. Help us to set aside distractions. Help us to not think about tomorrow, but be present with what you're doing right here and now. In Jesus' name we all pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. I have a problem with uh, confrontation. I hate it. Oh, gosh, I hate it. Um, I have quit my job. Uh, A couple weeks ago, I quit my job. I work as a barber, and I quit my job. And so now for the past like two and a half weeks, I've had to tell all of my clients that I'm not going to be cutting their hair anymore. And it's the worst. At the end of every haircut, I'm like, so we've got some bad news, buddy. And, and I hate it. I just get sick inside thinking about confronting something or someone. Now, other people in this world have no problem with that. And now I will tell a story. <laughs> about two years ago, actually, let me start back further. My name is Shane. I'm the youngest of, of four brothers. Okay, I've, I have three older brothers. There's twins, and then Nate, who many of you guys know, are up there. Trevor's one of my brothers. None of that really matters. We all have wives, okay? So now there are four sisters-in-laws. So we are kind of becoming a big family. A couple years ago, maybe like four years ago, five, I don't know how long ago, we all lived at my parents' house, okay? When we decided that we were going to grow up, and move out of our parents' house, we left our parents' house, and so we left a bunch of clothes in the closets in our bedrooms of our parents' house. Things like V-necks, really skinny ripped jeans, like wide brim hats, like 2013-14 stuff that none of you guys should know about. And so there's a bunch of stuff filling our closets. Now, whenever we would go over to my parents' house for dinner, we would then go uh, in and kind of rummage through like some weird thrift store of memories and be like, ah, that shirt's actually not that bad, or maybe I can wear that ironically. And so we would then take a bunch of clothes. It was kind of up for grabs. Whatever you saw, you could take. It's been there for like two years. One day, Hannah Hannah, um, went in there, and she was cold. We were having dinner at my parents' house. They actually turned the AC on for once, praise God. And so she got up, went upstairs, and grabbed a sweater. Now, she had this sweater for a period of time. I don't know how long, until at some point, she posted an Instagram story that had a funny kind of situation because of the sweater. It was a Vanderbilt University sweater. She was walking around her neighborhood. Someone yelled, like, go whatever, or, like, did some hand signal. That's like, you're an alumni. No one knows what you're talking about unless you went to the school. So Hannah posted that. Now, are you guys following with me? Okay. My sister-in-law, Noemi, is a well-educated person who went to Vanderbilt University. And that sweater that Hannah was wearing was a gift that Noemi got her boyfriend at the time is my brother James who is married to her okay you guys following me now Hannah posted this thing funny story about the sweater Noemi kind of got like wait why does she have that sweater that was a gift to James like how did she get that sweater but now she's thinking in her head well Hannah probably likes the sweater like I don't want to just be like hey can you give me that sweater back like and so it's kind of Awkward. Now, James and Noemi, they live down south. They live in Pompano. They were up for the weekend, okay? Now, we here, you guys following me? Okay, the soap opera. 
So they come up, and now Julianne and I start to hear little whispers about the sweater, okay? So, oh, you know, Hannah has a sweater. Hannah has James' sweater. Like, like I, I, she really likes it, I think, so I don't want to ask her it back, but I'd really like James to have it. You know, like, okay, get the sweater. So we're, we're hearing whispers of the sweater. So then we, we go, and, and we kind of, like, talk, and Nate kind of hears that there's whispers of the sweater. And he's like, why are there whispers of the sweater? Hannah's like, just ask for the sweater back. I don't care. Like, just take the sweater. It's like, whatever. However, none of this was communicated clearly to the other individual. Do you understand? So there's just whispers happening. Ooh, I want the sweater back. Oh, just take the sweater. I don't really care about the sweater. And Julianne and I are caught in the tension in the middle, and it's the worst because we do not care. So... <laughs> After a, a little bit of time, so James, James and Noemi, they, they go back up north or, or down south, wherever they live, and, and, and they kind of are still thinking about the sweater. So then a little while later, me, Nate, and Trevor get a text from James that say, hey, do any of you guys know where my old Vanderbilt sweater is? <laughs> and Nate's like, dude, come on. Like, she posted about it on Instagram. It's very clear. If you want the sweater back, just ask. But now there's this weird thing where it wasn't clear. So now it's like, well, I want the sweater. <laughs> you can't have the sweater. So there's this kind of tension, okay? Now, James and Noemi, they came down up again, and we were all having dinner at Nate and Hannah's house. And so Nate woke up that morning, and he chose violence. <laughs> So as soon as James and Noemi walk in the door, Julianne and I are already there, and we're like, oh, no. And Nate says, we're having a sweater session. They walk in the door, and they say, can we shut up about this stupid Vanderbilt sweater? And he chose confrontation, and it was dealt with. And Noemi received the sweater, and I'm sure she may wear it sometimes. I don't know. Hannah, as you see, got a new sweater to keep her warm. Some people really love conflict. Some people really love conflict. I believe that the author of the book of James is similar in that way. When he woke up to write James chapter 4, he chose violence to write to us. Now, my message title if you like to take notes, is picking a fight with yourself. Picking a fight with yourself. Kind of at the end or towards the end of the passage that we read, James brings up an interesting quote from the book of Proverbs that says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Now, our goal as believers is to be close to God, to be in close relationship and fellowship with God, the creator of the universe, and we have access to him through faith in his son, Jesus Christ, who came from heaven, lived on earth, died in our place so that we could have relationship with him. And our whole life begins at the death of Jesus, that we now have access to relationship with God the Father through the work that Jesus did on the cross. And here we see from this proverb that there is something that can stand in the way of us and our relationship with God. We have access to God through Jesus. However, we are told that God opposes the proud. 
God opposes the proud. We are told in scripture that God hates pride. God detests pride. God resists pride. God opposes pride. Pride is something that can stand in the way of us and God. It is a wall that can be up that is standing away us and God and also who God wants us to be and who we naturally are. So we need to pick a fight with ourselves to punch a hole in the drywall of pride, so to speak. So I pray that tonight is your monster energy that you can punch a hole into the drywall of pride. If you could turn your attention to James chapter 3, and I think you'll really understand why I think James chose violence. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, look what he says, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. Humility and wisdom bring a proper view of oneself. We try to cover up the truth about ourselves. Sorry, I think this is my notes that I got confused. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. And so is peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield one another. It's full of mercy and the fruits of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap the harvest of righteousness. James is speaking to a group of Christians that have been living in the midst of problems in their own community and relationships. The beginning of, of James 4, it says, what is causing these fights among you? And he says, don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? James is saying that the problems around us are caused by the problems within us. Now, the problems within us, James says, is two things. One, if we skip a, a tier, it is jealousies and selfish ambition. And what we do with our jealousies and our selfish ambition is we then cover it up with pride. And now we, we have this deep layer of every problem that we face. He says problems around us are caused by problems within us that come from our pride that is masking our insecurities. Some of you guys are like, gosh, I shouldn't have come to church tonight. <laughs> like, oh, bleh. So we, we have this, this thing happening where all the problems that we face around us, all the problems that we have with our friends or with our siblings or with our family or our parents or our, our teachers or our boyfriend or our girlfriend and all the problems that we face, if we really boil it down, it's our insecurities that we, we cover up by pride so that we have problems within us, intentions within us, so then we begin to have problems with other people. And I think that's something that we can all agree with. 
that if everybody was not looking out after their own selfish ambition and jealousies, then we would be able to get along better. If we were all thinking about the other person, then our friendships would be healthy. So we need to, first, we need to recognize what is causing our pride and what we place pride in. I think that we truly put pride uh, in, in three things that cause problems. One, we put pride in our abilities. In Galatians 3, uh, verse 3, it says this, the Apostle Paul writing, How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe in the message and have heard about Christ. Pride is something that stands in the way of us and God. And oftentimes we put pride in our own abilities to to make life better. We try to muscle it out and, and try to do everything of our own efforts because, and we think that we don't need God in our friendships and in our relationships and, and in our, our, our family time and at school. We think that we can handle things on our own and we put pride in ourself and in our own abilities. And the author of Galatians is encouraging us to live life inviting God's spirit to fill and to dwell us and to change us from the inside out. That we have selfish ambition and we have, we have jealousies and we have all this stuff that is going on inside us and we need the Holy Spirit to change us from the inside out. But often we think that we can work hard to change ourselves. That we can just try to be nicer. We can focus on positive things and we can do whatever. And apart from the Holy Spirit... We are laboring in vain. So we often put pride in our abilities. We often also put pride in our plans. I think James is really funny. Look at how funny he is here. James 4, verse 13. Look here, you who say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year and we will do business there and we'll make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like a morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, look what he says, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. You're like, what in the world? James is, is telling us that we often, we take pride in, in what, who we think we will become. That we take pride in our, in our future and who we think that we will become. What we need to do is allow God to direct us and God to speak into us. And, and what we're not supposed to do is hear that verse and then be like, you know, if the Lord wills, I'll, I'll see you at school tomorrow. We don't need to be like weirdos, right? <laughs> like we can kind of handle this. We can sift through this and allow it to be normal and kind of just whatever, but understand that when we are planning for the future, when we are, are thinking about who we want to become, we often place pride in ourselves and expecting that God's not really in the picture. 
We say, I want to become this, and we fail to invite God into that person that we are becoming. Lastly, I think we put pride in our insecurities. Now, I don't think a lot of us are walking around like big jocks that think that we're the best. I think not, not many of us are walking around thinking that we are the coolest person in the room, that we are the funniest person in the room, that we have the best style or we have the best hair or we have the, the best whatever. And, and not, not many of us, maybe you are, and maybe it's just me, but I don't ever feel like super puffed up about myself and look at myself like, man, Shane's the best. Like Shane is the tallest skinniest dude in just about every room he walks in. Like, dang, dude. Like, I don't think that that's often the case of our pride. Most of the time, we, we are prideful in the things that we really don't like about ourselves. Let me explain. We often think about ourselves all of the time because we think that we're awkward. We leave a conversation and we begin to evaluate what we said and what we did to think, well, how did that come across? How, what are they thinking of me? Or maybe we, we are um, really like, like anxious or we, we have those and we just all we think about is our problem. And in that, we are focusing all of our attention on ourselves. We think about, maybe I don't look good in, in this, or maybe I, I humiliated myself like that. And we find ourselves being prideful in our own insecurities. Now, the author of Galatians, who I quoted earlier, he encourages us, as far as pride goes, he says, as for me, I may never boast about anything except for the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, because of that cross... My interest in this world has been crucified, and the world interest, interest has also died. He, is, he says that if we're going to boast about anything, if we're going to be prideful about anything, we need to be prideful in Jesus. Now, I think that we can all relate and understand that we are often prideful in things. But the call of the author of James, he tells us that we are to humble ourselves before God, to resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He says, come close to God, and he will come close to you. So if we are dealing with pride, we are all dealing with pride, how do we resist pride, and how do we humble ourselves? Point number one, through request. Request. James says, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have. And then he says, yet you do not have what you want because you do not ask God. James is expounding upon what Jesus said in the book of Luke. In chapter 11, it says this, and so I tell you, Jesus speaking, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Uh, sorry. You fathers, if you are children, ask, ask for a fish. Do you not give them a snake instead? If they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Jesus is also funny. Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father 
give the Holy Spirit for those who ask. Oftentimes we see our own insecurities, we see our problems, and, and our instinct is to cover them up with pride and to, to sh- cover them up so that no one sees them. Now, oftentimes they will be seen in one area or, or another, but we try to cover them up as best we can. We try to mask what's going on inside us so that nobody knows what's going on. But James tells us that we are to ask God, to run to God, to bring our insecurities and our problems to God and ask that he would take them and fill us with the Holy Spirit. That that Holy Spirit that will be working inside of us and transforming us and exposing things and telling us how we change them and, and working inside of us that will bring us closer in relationship with God. We're also supposed to resist. Resist. He says, resist the devil and he, he shall flee from you. That we're to stand against these insecurities that are within us. When we start to notice that our pride is beginning to cover up really the deep-seated problems that are within our soul and our spirit, and we are trying to cover them up and so that people see us a certain way or people think about us a certain way, we are to cover them up. The things that make us weak are very strong in pulling us away, and so we need to resist them and rely on God's strength to enable us to do so. We talked about in week one of the James series, and he says, uh, he says to stand against, or the real translation would be more like to super stand against temptation. And so we are, when we are, when things in us are being exposed, that we are to super stand against that. And lastly, we are to realign ourselves. In James 4, at the end of it, we read it already. It says, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Then look what he says. He says, wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. And then he says this. Let there be tears for what you have done, and let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. What he is telling us to do, he gives a a call to action, to cry and to weep and to mourn, and and to work so that we may be purified and we may live according to the purification that Jesus has given us on the cross. I'm going to close with this if the worship team would come up and join me. And I will join you guys in a few moments. We are called to punch a hole in pride because pride is standing in between us and God. Pride is a wall that is standing between who God wants us to be and who we naturally are. And if we are to resist pride, we are to humble ourselves. We are to see ourselves in a proper view. 
James says in James 3, we looked at it, it says that you are, are selfish and jealous. And he says, don't cover up the truth, the truth about who you are, that you are selfish and jealous with pride and with boasting. That we are to request that God comes in and changes us. We are to resist when we feel those insecurities coming up. And, and we are to realign ourselves with who we're supposed to be and who we're supposed to be close to. We're supposed to be close to God and we need to realign and reevaluate ourselves. Now, there's this idea that um, has come up throughout the course of church history or Christian spirituality history. It's this idea called obscurity. Now, it comes from a lot of biblical stories of people like um, David who were alone and God was for a long period of time before he was anointed or before he became king, that he was kind of off running from Saul by himself and God was doing something within him before he became king. Uh, another instance would be Jesus. For 30 years, he was humbly the son of a carpenter before he began his ministry. And there is this time of development that happened within Jesus before he began his ministry. Similarly, the Apostle Paul was a famous rabbi, and he, became, he got saved and placed faith in Jesus. And for years, he stopped being a rabbi, he stopped teaching, and he was away for years just being with God. And there's this idea that we are to, to be alone and, and be with God. But it's become a spiritual practice that a lot of Christians have done over the course of history. And not so much as being alone for 30 years or being gone for a long time so that we can do whatever, but in really little things. And it's kind of described as doing something for the sake of not being seen. Okay? Doing something for the sake of... Of not being seen. Sometimes our pride gets puffed up and built up when we're always seen by other people. We're always on Instagram and we're getting comments or we're always at school and we're doing whatever. And this idea of obscurity is doing something for the sake of not being seen. Little things like cleaning your brother's bedroom and he thinks your mom probably did it and you just don't say anything. And you don't receive applause, you don't receive reward. And in that, you now have to suffer with the feelings of doing something and not being seen. You begin to feel the pride in you that I'm the best person alive. No one else would do this. My brother would never clean my room. My brother would never, ever in a million years, I'm the best. Or maybe we do something and we're not seen and then we have to suffer in the silence Oh, did anyone even see that? Did anyone even notice? Does anyone? And these, these things that would not come out of us unless we are doing them. Do you understand? Every Saturday night, I, I set up Salvi for youth on Sunday. And it's after church service. Saturdays are busy. I work all day. I go straight to band practice. I play drums for our weekend service. And then I come up for the song after. And then after service, I go into Salvi and I begin to move the chairs around and set up all the instruments and get it ready for youth on Sunday. And every single week, this is what I'm, I'm doing. I'm moving a chair and I'm like, gosh, why isn't someone else doing this? Shouldn't someone else, shouldn't it, Nate should be doing this. <laughs> Nate doesn't do anything. Like, <laughs> 
And then I'm like, I'm like, gosh, you know, like Pastor Nick should be doing this. Like he's he's the campus guy. Like Sean should be doing this. He, and 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 for a long time, that's what I was dealing with. And then I kind of overcame that. I'm like, ah, whatever. It's a, it's great that I get to lead Sunday mornings and do this, and I get to take pride in where the chairs go. And then it kind of my my thoughts change. No one else could handle this. Worked all day, played drums. I'm preaching tomorrow. No one else could handle all of this on their plate. And and these insecurities that are deep in my soul are being brought out because I'm moving a chair about 10 feet. Do you understand me? And in this practice of obscurity and doing something so that you won't be seen, you have to suffer with the feeling of not being seen. And what does James say? He says, wash your hands, you sinners. Just purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and this world. He says, let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter, gloom instead of joy. Humble yourself before God and he will lift you up. The feelings of your insecurities, you are to feel them. And it points you to the fact that you need God. Sometimes we work so hard to never feel anything. We, we hide our insecurities. We don't ever want to feel them. We never want to feel jealous. We never want to feel like, like nobody cares about us. We never want to feel like that. But what do those things show about you? What, what are you thinking about yourself? What are you thinking about when, man, no one sees anything that I do? They see you're just thinking that about yourself. That's your voice, not theirs. And sometimes we need to feel that level of of pain and sorrow in what's going on with us so that we can run to God. We can request him to heal us. We can resist those feelings. We can replace them with the good things God says about us. We can realign our hearts and our minds to him. 2 Corinthians, it says this, So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That when we do things and we're left with the silence of our own mind and the silence of our own emotions, we now can go to God and say, Lord, can you take this from me? And be filled with his Holy Spirit that tears down walls and strongholds.